Hello everyone, welcome back to the Footy Feast podcast for episode number four, the place to tune into if you're hungry for more footy content. Back again this week with Rick and Craig. Craig, how are we? Yeah, good. Went to the Crows Melbourne on the weekend. Was a much better game than I thought it was going to be. So um, yeah, feeling good this week. It was a lot closer. Rick, you were there as well. But um, this week, can you start us off with a joke? Singing in the shower is fun until you get soap in your mouth. Then it's a soap opera. Didn't... <laughs> that was so crap. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Um, you're going to be a future dad very soon. You need to really work on them dad jokes. Well, it was a good dad joke. That was the whole point. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I'm going to move straight into it this week with Tasmanian Timbers again. Now, we're going to have a weekly segment with Craig, and he's going to tell us all about it. It's going down. I'm yelling so for the Tasmanian Timbers, we've gone through the colours, we've gone through the logo, we've gone through the name, we've gone through the theme song. Now over the coming weeks of the podcast, we're going to go into the best 18 that I can find for the Timbers for 2026 when they come in. So there's a few criteria that I've gone for with this. Uh, a, Tasmanian born is a priority. So if you're Tasmanian born, you get looked at closer. B, you're coming out of contract in either 2024 or preferably 2025. So then you're a free agent coming in. And then C, only one player can be selected from each club. Now, every week I'll go through and we'll do a couple of players. Um, this week I'm going to start with our captain of the Tasmanian Timbers and our vice captain. So the first player selected for the Tasmanian Timbers is going to be... None other than, I'm stalling for time till I find my list, none other than Alex Pierce from the Fremantle Dockers. Now, Alex Pierce is Tasmanian born. He's about 26, 27 now. So coming in, he will be on the older side. So be 29, 30. But you're going to need to have experience in a new team. Otherwise, you're going to have a Gold Coast GWS where you're down the ladder and you just crap the whole time. So Alex Pierce from Fremantle is coming in as the fullback, and he will have the big captain C on him. He's going to be joined by the player from Geelong, Jake Kolodashny. Now Jake Kolodashny is a very good footballer, medium to tall defender. He will be coming in at halfback next to Alex Pierce as the vice captain. He's going to have a strong leadership in the back line, and we have sort of the basics and something to build around for the Tasmanian team. Um, I'll try and build it from the back through because I managed to pick a whole team from these 18. So you'll have a starting 18 of these players here ready to go. Not all of them are Tasmanian. Some are good young players. I try not to pick good young players because they're going to be very hard to get out of a team. So we try to have a bit of a mix of ages. And then obviously they get draft concessions and other things. But um, Tasmanian Timbers will be built around Alex Pierce and Jake Kolodashny to start 2026. Anything you want to add in, boys? Do you think when uh, Tasmanian Timbers eventually do come into the league that they're going to be as young as, say, Gold Coast were? Well, I'm hoping that they get one player from each team. Now, I know that's not ideal for some teams because I have some really good players coming up on this list, but... If they get one player from every team, I think they got to come in and they got to hit the ground running. I don't think the AFL wants another Gold Coast GWS disaster where they just get flogged by 100 points to start. I think the AFL knows what they did wrong and they will improve on it for this time around to make them way more competitive. Yeah, not a bad call. Uh, I thought for the captain you were going to spill the beans on a Collingwood player who's Tasmanian-born, but I'll leave that up to people to figure out. Uh... I don't know that we have one, but I'm going to have to look back into my notes and find one because I clearly missed someone there or he was too crap to go on the list. So that could have been the other option. I found all the Tasmanian players and I was like, some of you are just too crap, too old to be in this starting team. So that's why you're not selected. I thought you were going to go with some kind of marquee player like uh, Gold Coast did with Gary Ablett. Uh, there's a few marquee players coming through. Um, Adelaide Crows probably won't want to lose this young player coming up. I'm not going to mention any names, but he is a future gun and I may have a badge on my scarf with his face on it, but comes out of contract in 2025. So he is fresh for the picking. Crows better sign him up coming soon. All right. Now just back to last week following up. So Craig, I believe you owe us a Jersey design. Number one. 
I did have a jersey design, so I'll put it up on the Facebook page. All right, that's the first check. The second one comes back to me. So I had to look up uh, the fauna of Tasmania, and the logo tree will be a hewn pine. So it is the second tallest tree in the world and the biggest tree in Australia. So Tasmania gone straight to the top, big tree, top of the ladder, as Craig said. They're hitting the ground running, ready to go. Now, for those of you that are wondering, the Tasmanian Guernsey looks very similar to St Kilda in design, but not perfect. You've got a big white cross down the middle, and then you have green all the way around. We tried to have a look at putting a tree on it. We don't have that good a software to put a tree onto a Guernsey. <laughs> like, we're not made of money, low-budget podcast. So, yeah, we have a basic Guernsey design. We'll work on the tree in future, but big white cross up the middle and on the side, dark green, forest green all the way around. It looks really good. It'll be up on the Facebook page soon. Anything else, Rick, for Tasmanian Timbers? No, I'm excited to hear more. Yeah, what was that tree again you said? The Huon Pine, native to Tasmania, uh, second tallest tree in all the world. Huon Pine, maybe. Well, really did his research this week. Yeah, I'm maybe. Impressed, Rick. I'll tell you what, maybe your probation for being on the podcast is officially over and you, you've won a spot. Future tree hugger, mate, future tree hugger. Right, so we're going to do that. Uh, Craig's going to do that segment every week. Um, we'll slowly build the team. We might even put the uh, team lineup on a on the Facebook page at some point. Um, speaking of jerseys, going on from that, um, we're going to talk about St Kilda's jersey this week. We were talking about it earlier in the week with these guys, and we absolutely loved the St Kilda jersey, the new design with mostly red. Um, what did you guys think? Um, I was watching the St Kilda game on. Thursday night, Friday night. I really like this Guernsey. I thought it was very clear and concise. I don't like the three stripes. I thought the big cross down the middle and the red really stood out to me. I'm not sure what color shade of red it is, but it was a really unique design, a very clean, crisp design. And I think instead of being the Clash Guernsey, it should be their everywhere Guernsey. I loved it. Rick? Well, my notes say you called it the greatest jersey of all time. So I wasn't prepared to comment on that, but I've brought up two jerseys, which I think. Uh, probably two of the best jerseys I've ever seen. Okay. So we'll, we'll put them up on the Facebook, get people around them, have a look, comment on there, react in a certain way based on what jersey you like. But So I have the Lions 2016 Hall of Fame jersey as number as one of the jerseys. Okay, so the Hall of Fame jersey, red maroon down the bottom, blue on top, got rid of the yellow. That's a very nice jersey. It's designed based on the Fitzroy one from 1916. I actually quite like it. I thought the Brisbane's Indigenous Guernsey was quite good this year too. I don't mind that. I don't, I don't know how I feel about no yellow at all though. No, I just reckon it's like a clean, crisp jersey, two colours that have blended well together. Just looks good. It looks vintage and like old school um, footy, which is it's good to see a jersey like that. And then we'll move into the next jersey that I've suggested, which is the 2022 West Coast Eagles Indigenous jersey. I was a huge fan of this one with the yellow snake wrapping around. Absolutely beautiful jersey. It is a nice Guernsey. It's got the colours in the right spots. It wasn't my favourite Indigenous jersey for the year, but, um, yeah, I mean, if they wore that every week, some of these Indigenous jerseys, if they wore them every week, I'd be happy as a fan. Yeah, I agree. I reckon all the Indigenous jerseys this year, they actually crushed it. Like, normally, there's, like, a few good ones, but this year, they've just all been sensational. Admittedly, as a Collingwood supporter, I haven't found one that I wanted to purchase yet, but... I'm hoping there's one that'll just blow me away one year. Okay, so in conclusion, I like the Saints jersey. Pete's like the Saints jersey. Rick found two he likes better. So there you go. If we see another jersey we like, we'll let you know. All right, so for those who have been listening since episode one, uh, Craig and I in the first episode did the Crows versus Port pregame entertainment. Um, we set our opinions on who does it better. Uh, Rick, myself, and Craig all went to the Crows Melbourne game on the weekend, and there's been a slight change in the pregame entertainment for the Crows. So we're going to quickly uh, just mention and talk about that. Uh, we'll start off with Craig. Uh, okay, so the first thing that I noticed was there was a new song played 20 minutes or so before the start of the game. Um, while they were introducing their players, I think, or they were putting them up on the big screen. Now. Hero by Foo Fighters was a banger and it really suited the vibe that they were going for. It got people up and going. And I think this week we noticed that they turned it up louder. Is that yeah, right? I'm pretty sure the volume was a lot louder. The atmosphere in general was just, like the, there was a vibe this week that's not there every other week. Yeah, there was an energy. Um, I'm not sure 
why, but I mean the Crows producer maybe had something to do with just feeling in the zone some the start of the game. That could be myth, that could be crap. But could also purely be the advice from the Footy Feast podcast from episode one. Yeah, and then uh, we also had Radioactive, um, which was another good pump-up song. We like that. And then, again, the lead-in song was just crap, where they 60-second songs got to go. Agreed. Well, just changing a few songs isn't enough for me. Like, yeah, it's an improvement, but realistically, what, you change three, four songs? It's not building, like, what they should have. Like, I'm a Port Power supporter. We've got something. People go, like People get going, and they're keen before a game, like, cool, the Crows changed their playlist. Like, it's a little bit of an improvement, but there just needs to be something more, a little bit more substance to it. Right. Like what? I don't know. If I knew that, I'd probably be working for the Crows on more money than <laughs> sitting here in the podcast. Well, I think Rick's got some homework again for next Rick's week. Rick's got some, yeah, homework again. What can we do as a Crows uh, team to go forward with some pregame entertainment? Rightio, and then I'll be getting a job at the Crows next week, boys. Excellent. I don't think they would want you because you go for port, but <laughs> hey, you can try. All right, going through the list quickly today. Uh, fake trade. Now we did this a couple. We did last. We didn't do last week, did we? The fake trade. Yeah, we uh, I think we yeah, did. Luke yeah, right. Okay, we did. All right. Mm. Uh, going on again. Now I don't know if you guys listeners saw this week the uh, uh, the fake trade involved Dunkley this week. So there was two of them. First one, Crows received Dunkley. Bulldogs received Matt Crouch and pick twenty four. Uh, we'll talk about that one first. What do you guys think about that? I'll let Rick lead off with this one. Uh, what do you got, Rick? I personally don't think that the Western Bulldogs would want Matt Crouch. So he's just an accumulator. He doesn't do damage. They've already got stacked midfield. Why would they take in Matt Crouch, who can't play another position, just to not do anything when like, you can throw your Bailey Smith? They've got up-and-coming talent in there. Just get someone else in there who's going to develop quicker. You've already got Bontempelli, Trelaw, McRae. You don't need a useless accumulator when you've got people that are accumulating and getting disposals. And then pick 24 for him isn't really enough incentive to take on someone who's probably going to be playing in the VFL. So pretty solid thought there. I must admit, I looked at the trade and I thought unders. Problem is the Crows need to move on Matt Crouch. He's not part of their thing. So he's steak knives in this trade. Um, being steak knives, pick 24 is not nearly enough. I think, well, the Bulldogs clearly are lacking in a few areas of the ground, mainly key defenders or key forwards. So perhaps the Crows have something like that they could add into the trade to get it done. Yeah, agreed. I mean, as a Crows fan, I would love that trade to go through, but um, definitely not worth it for the Bulldogs. Right, the next one was Port receive Dunkley, Bulldogs receive pick seven. Yeah, same thing. I, I still think this is probably going to be a little bit unders on Josh Dunkley. I don't think they're going to want to cash out just for an early draft pick. Like Western Bulldogs are pretty competitive now. They want to stay in the window. Picking someone at pick seven in the draft's not going to help them. If anything, they're probably going to want something back and probably a pick, so I just don't think it gets it done. Realistically, it's probably a little bit unders. It could be a fair trade, but yeah, I just think that they're going to want a player as well. Uh, I think that Port has something that the dogs really need, and that is key defenders. You've got Cleary, you've got Jonas, you've got Alira Lear, you've got McKenzie. You have, there's got to be at least another one or two. Well, Burton's been pretty good this year. Burton, well, I'm not, yeah. So I'm not sure what player gets it done. It might be a player that's a bit older, but Bulldogs like to think they're in the window, so... Perhaps one of those older backs, Akluri, and pick seven gets it done for Dunkley. Um, Port have excess, Bulldogs have a need. Maybe you get a trade done that way. Yeah, there's probably a chance that if you threw in a key back, like as you said, Western Bulldogs are pretty desperate for one. So it is potential. Um, I probably wouldn't be trading away Alira Lira, and I don't think Ryan Burden's going to be happy going back to Victoria. So those two players are probably off. But shipping off one, Tom Jonas isn't going to go. He's the captain at the moment. Yeah, so like Tom Cleary, potentially, but yeah, him and pick seven, it's probably still a little bit unders for Josh Dunkley, who's probably regarded as an elite mid. Probably fair. All right, we'll move on from that one. We haven't discussed with this Craig yet, but Rick and I were talking before the podcast. We might do this every week. Oh, and, shit. And right. uh, now we're going to talk, we're going to do on the port list next, but we're thinking maybe we'll do it each week. We'll pick a different team and we'll go who needs to stay and go. Yeah, well, we can do that as we build up to the end of the year. I just thought port this week because. Uh, they were pretty much out of the finals now. This was it. So what's going to happen to Port's list um, going forward uh, to either improve next year or rebuild whatever they go down? All right, sounds good. So I think Craig's got a list of Port players for us this week and uh, we're going to see whether or not we think they should stay or go. Okay, we're going to start off with a more controversial one. Um, at the start of the season, this guy was gone. No one wanted him at Port. See you later. 
but he is probably in the top five of their best and fairest now. Sam, Baldhead, Power Pepper. They wanted him gone at Port. He didn't have a role. He didn't have a spot. Now it'd be pretty hard to get rid of him, even if he is Western Australian. So stay or go, Sam Power Pepper. Yeah, I, th- I think Power Pepper stays now with his form. He's this year. He's been so hungry for the ball. Um, he literally like a bulldog on heat. He just he just goes for everything, and he gives it a hundred percent every week, even if they're getting, even if they're down. Um, what do you think, Rick, as a Port fan? I want him to stay, but I reckon he's going to go back to WA. He did try to get back there last year. He's just had a kid. All of his family lives in WA. His missus is from WA. I reckon he's going to try call it. Um, originally, he did want to go to West Coast, but I imagine he's probably going to be trying to get into Fremantle now if I had to put my money on it. Well, I mean, anyone would be trying to go to Frio over West Coast at the moment if you're moving back to WA, aren't you? Yeah, but like now that he's actually pulled form, he's probably going to have a little bit of leverage. Fremantle are probably more interested in him now. So the question is, what are Frio going to give us? How old is Power Pepper now? Power Pepper is about 25. Oh, so he's, so he's at a good prime. He is. I think he's younger than 25. He's 24. 24. Oh, 24. Not, not far off. So <laughs> Give it a, a bit of a stiff there for <laughs> one year. God. Jeez. Bloody he hell. looks like he's 40. Yeah, it was but... his birthday yesterday, though, so you just got lucky. Ugh. Well, there you go. Didn't know that. Happy birthday to Sam uh, Power Pepper uh, from Rick because we don't actually know when your birthday is, but happy birthday anyway. We know where you train. Um, all right, Craig, who's next on the list? Okay, uh, Xavier Dersma has not lit the world on fire. First year, Arrow came out. He was looking really good. We thought he had potential. Now he's injured. Now he can't stay in the team every week, and he's really not grown or gotten better he's probably if anything regressed so is he trade bait for port stay or go i think he's trade bait he's definitely fallen behind uh rosie and uh butters um like he's always injured medisub here and there he can't get in the team can't stay in the team i think port should get rid of him yeah i think xavier dersman's gonna go as well um yeah like you said he just can't stay in the team he hasn't grown as well as everyone thought he would have um, but realistically, he's the type of player that he's going to go to a new cu- new club, he's going to thrive, and he's actually going to be like a, a cheap option. Like He'll end up being a good recruit for a new club. Yeah, I think he's still got value somewhere else. Someone could still turn him around, but I just think in Port System, he just appears lost. Um, he had a wing, he's lost a wing, and I think other players have just gone past him. The only other thing we probably have to touch on is Carl Amon's pretty much out the door, so realistically, that's going to open up a lot of wing time. So maybe next year, if he does stick around, he'll might actually improve the way people thought he was going to. Yeah, I think we got a few others, Bergman and that, that can come through and play that role, but he's certainly in the mix now. All right, next on my list is... Well, I was going to say Carl Amon, but he's gone, so we won't worry too much about him. There has Just been... on Carl Amon, though, where do you think he goes? Um, I don't think a rebuilding team really wants him. I don't know if he really wants to play in a rebuilding team. I mean, Hawthorne, yes, is an option, but... I see Carlton's name there. It fits for me. I think Carlton, if I was him, that's where I'd want to go. Um, Mitch Georgiades was one that looked really out of favour. Um, he's had an up and down period, and I've heard that WA teams are looking at him. Um, that's where he's from, I believe. So I think um, he definitely has a place, but Marshall's playing good now. Um Finlayson's there. Yeah. Does he stay or go? Mitch Georgiades. He'll stay. He, I reckon he's going to be at Port for the long term. Um, early in his career, he committed. He didn't really have intention of going back to a WA team. He'd rather stay in SA or rather go to Victoria. You don't know if he's just saying that, but um, I do remember seeing him come out saying he's more interested in not being in WA. And yeah, I just think Charlie Dixon's like on the outer. He's probably got like, what, two good years left. And then Mitch Georgiades and Todd Marshall, they'll probably be the next two. Key forward's gone through the next few years. Yeah, I agree there. Like I said, Dixon's going to be gone soon, so I think he needs to stay around to fill that void. Okay, uh, the next one on the list is Sam Hayes. Now, I've only say his name because I've heard rumblings that he doesn't want to be the backup Ruckman. He's now 24, 23, and he's the backup Ruckman, and Lysette's coming back, and he's still going to be the number one Ruckman for at least the next couple of years. So... If you're Sam Hayes and you find greater opportunity, are you staying or going? This is more a him decision than a team decision. Just on that, he's not even the number two ruckman. Like, yeah, I was about to say, we've got what Finlayson and Dixon share on the ruck, and 
the number two ruck was not even in the team. Yeah, Scott Lysette um, has probably been out for like six, seven weeks now, and he played two games, and Port aren't happy with a big ruckman who's only good at tapping. Like, he's not, he doesn't contribute anything around the ground. Like, yeah, he wants to be a number one ruckman, but where's he going to get that job? Fair question. So that sounds like you were saying Sam Hayes is a go. You I don't get something for him anyway. I don't think he'll leave because I don't think any club's going to put genuine interest into him. Like, name a club that he would take over their priority ruckman or even be another club's second ruckman. Well, I think probably Geelong are crying out for a big guy who can win ruck taps. I think that's been their Achilles heel. What, you'd rather him than Reese Stanley and John Segler, who are just going to be limping around the next few years? Well, they are just limping around for the next few years. So, yeah, I'd probably have him in my team because if you can actually develop him, he might be somewhat worthy of a spot. Yeah, but what about all the other second ruckmans that are floating around the AFL that are better than him that you could probably poach? Yeah, well, if is he is he not going to make it at all in AFL? Is that what you're saying? He's a, he's a no for a number one ruck spot ever. You not, don't see it. Not ever, but he's going to have to build a tank and learn to actually contribute. Like you look at people that come in and play AFL, and then they go back and play in like the lesser leagues like the SNFL and VFL, and they absolutely crush it. Like Riley O'Brien coming. Yeah, I was about in. to say O'Brien absolutely killed it when he got dropped down to the. Um, as NFL. Yeah, like 50 hit-outs, like 30 touches. Like, even that Kieran Striggs or whatever his name is, after he played a few AFL Strong, games, yeah. he went back to the SANFL and he's been dominating there. Like, the thing is, like, the gap between AFL and, like, SANFL and VFL, like, is a massive gap. And with these Ruckmen, when they're getting dropped, like, if you're AFL quality, you annihilate. Like, Braden Proust had, like, 27 hit-outs, kicked two goals and had 50 hit-outs on the weekend. Like, crazy numbers. Yeah, fair. I mean... Sam Hayes, if he's not getting it done now, will he ever get it done? I don't know how long you can wait as Port Adelaide. Do you invest your time into another up-and-coming ruckman like Vicente, I think, is another? No. As a Port fan, I reckon old mate Teekle's probably going to be the number two ruckman when he comes back. He only played one game, but he showed glimpses of like brilliance compared to what Sam Mays um, has given us. Mm. I, agree. I I enjoyed watching Teekle for the brief brief bit that we did. I, I thought he was. I thought he showed real potential. Yeah, the only problem with Tickle is he could be like a Sam Draper and he looks great in brilliance, but he's not going to sustain a long game. So in other words, you're saying that you want him in your fantasy team? I'll draft him with a late pick, probably. <laughs> Just to replace that Sam Draper void that you miss. Sorry that I traded Sam Draper for, for Sam Walsh. What a trade. Yeah, well, Sam Draper's worth is actually just a bag of potatoes. He is a giant spud in fantasy football. He looks big and menacing, but he gets nothing done fantasy-wise, so he's crap, really. All right, back to the next player. We're getting sidetracked. Okay, sorry. We've got a couple. We've just got two more names here, older players. We'll just throw them out at the same time just to finish this little uh, segment. Stephen Motlop and Robbie Gray. Older. The good games are few and far between. Starting to get banged up a little bit. Stay or go, Stephen Motlop and Robbie Gray. You can do one at a time. Robbie Gray's been struggling with injury this year, so, I mean, and he hasn't played that well since he's been back, I think. I don't think Robbie Gray plays AFL next year. I honestly think his decline, poor aren't going to be playing finals. He's not going to have much interest to be around and not play finals again and what, get injured every other week. Like He's going to be a player. He'll probably get a job in the media. He'll get a cushy role or he'll move into coaching or something. He's probably just not worth it for him anymore. Especially with players like Robbie Gray, your veterans of the team, they really need to stand up in clutch moments. And on the weekend, he missed a pretty easy, easy goal late in the game, I thought. Yeah, like last year, like fair enough, he was still injured a lot, but he still showed flashes of brilliance. He went in the midfield. He was still damaging. This year, like, he just looks lost out there. Yeah, well, his stats are kicks are below average in kicks for a small forward. Marks average, goals average, tackles average. So he's just a bit average. So, yeah, he might be one that Father Time's caught up with. Motlop? Uh, moving on to Motlop, I don't think he is going to be in the port system anymore. I feel like we, at the time we got him, we paid nothing for him. He didn't get a huge contract. He's been serviceable, but I think since port's window is probably closing, um, we're probably going to look into more, like, why would you play him over, like, a Kane Farrell or someone? But he is suited for a team. Like, realistically, it sounds stupid, but if he went back to Geelong, he would fill a spot there. They don't care about age. He still contributes. But he's just not the superstar player that he's going to be anymore. But I reckon he'll find another home somewhere. Yeah, go and find another home. That's a good one. I'm happy with that. And that concludes Port's list for this week. Next week, we might look at another team that's either just missed out on the finals or uh, is a bit lower down on the ladder. And we'll try and get through everyone's team if we can. Moving on to our next segment, which is... 
Norton versus Chera. Now this my segment, and I just want to make a really quick point of this. Fremantle look amazing right now. Um, they got their selections right and their trades right along the way. Would uh, you agree, boys? So far with that statement? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. They're looking looking very well this year. Although they were very lucky on the weekend, I'll put put that out there. Very very lucky to get away with that. They were, but they're trending in the right direction. Hey, Rick. Yeah, well, they absolutely nailed the Brayshaw trade. Yeah, they did. Oh, so They absolutely nailed the Brayshaw pickup. They did nail that. Um, Lucky Weathers actually hasn't played bad at Gold Coast either. But um, looking through, there was one list management decision that I think would be haunting them right now, and they would be, in my opinion, outright premiership favourites had they made a different list management decision in 2017. Now, for those of you that don't know what happened in the 2017 draft, Fremantle had two picks very early on. They had pick two, which was part of that Lockie Weller trade, which they got Andrew Brayshaw, who is an outright superstar. And then with pick five, they selected Adam Chera, who now, as we know, has been traded back to Carlton. Um, Fremantle then got another pick, pick six or something this year. They got a kid. Jaya Miss, they probably could have got him at eight anyway. Um, and Erasmus. These guys, we don't really know how good they're going to be. But if we go back to 2017, there was a player at pick nine they overlooked. Um, boys, do we know who that player is? You're talking about the one and only, the astronaut. Aaron Norton. Now, if you are Fremantle in 2017 and you have pick five and you're sitting there looking at this WA talent named Aaron Norton, and you bypass him again, you are going to lose sleep at night. If Fremantle had Aaron Norton sitting in their forward line now, they didn't have Aaron Adam Chera. Aaron Norton is in that forward line. Fremantle are premiership favourites as far as I'm concerned. Their back line's elite, their midfield's elite, their forward line is lacking, but my God, him in that team is got to be keeping Fremantle fans up at night. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I think it was a lapse in judgment from them. I just got a couple of points here to go over, though. So, number one, with Andrew Brayshaw, they nailed it. Kautumi nails the Phantom Draft every year. He's, like, pretty accurate. He had Brayshaw at five. So, to, pick, to take the risk and take him at two, that's elite. But moving on to Norden, you have to remember. So, Aaron Norden actually wasn't very high in the draft rankings. And towards the end of the season, when he started dominating in the waffle as a key defender is when he actually moved into the rankings. So they weren't 100% sure that they that Aaron Norton was going to convert into an elite full forward, number one. Um, and number two, Aaron Norton actually grew up in Victoria and moved to Western Australia to play in the waffle. So he actually had stated that he didn't care about WA or Victoria, but he wanted to go to one of those two states. So it's not like Fremantle were like, oh, this guy wants to be in WA forever. He already come out and publicly stated he's more than happy to go back to Victoria, um, whereas Brayshaw, like, WA boy, wanted to stay in WA. So that's probably pretty obvious. Um, and then, yeah, like, so I did a little bit of research, and um, Adam Chera, so he was actually really injury-prone, but when he was playing that year, he was an absolute jet. So they just took a gamble on him being able to get his health and fitness right and probably were hoping that if they took him early and showed him a little bit of loyalty and trained him up, that he probably would have stuck around, but he just decided to leave. I mean, you take a risk with any interstate club picking up players. Um, draft analysis had best key defender in the 2017 draft pool who has had a strong waffle performer. I mean, now knowing what we know this year, Fremantle took for, uh, WA players with their first three picks. So they've decided that homegrown talent is where they need to be. Now, they don't need to do it every year, but when a player is sitting there in the under-18 championships as the best key defender in the pool, how could you overlook him for a midfielder? Um, I just think key forwards and key defenders are impossible to overlook if there's a good one staring you in the face in the draft. So Fremantle, as far as I'm concerned, they, I'm trying not to swear on this podcast this week, they stuffed up that one big time and it would be haunting them now. They overlooked him. He made it all the way to nine. Same with all the other teams, actually, before one to eight all overlooked him too. But yeah, Freeman are right now. God, he would look good in purple in that forward line. All right, it's now time for the weekly quiz. We uh, hopefully, at some point during these podcasts, Rick will get his win on the board. 
It'll be good if the rules don't change every week and you two aren't colluding. I'm not even going to respond to that. Me neither. Um, all right. I've actually had feedback from listeners that the quiz is a bit tampered with, actually, and technically I'm 2-0, and that's coming from the fans, boys. Uh, tell them to uh, directly email us, and uh, we'll read through their fan mail each week. <laughs> all right. Uh, this week is, apart from the first question, predominantly fantasy-related <laughs> questions. Okay, all Rick right. is but, advantage all already. Right. Um, I thought this might give Rick a little bit of an edge. I've not actually kept up this week. This That's weekend, it's, it's boys. Not, I've been at yeah, a busy yeah, weekend. The, these questions are not for the first time. These questions are not specific to the last round of play, basically. Okay. Or very current. All right. So, question one: Who is currently in the lead for the Coleman Medal? Rick, Charlie Kernow. Part over to Craig. Craig, Jeremy Cameron is in the lead. Jeremy Cameron is in the lead. Kicked four goals on the weekend now with 46 goals. Suck a dick, Rick. That's right. You were first and wrong again. Now, quick on the buzzer he was there and confident with his answer. Well, he is a dad now, so we hear he is quick on the buzzer. Well, he would uh, be number two then, I reckon. We're not asking. That wasn't the question. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Um, well, there you go. One to Craig already. Uh, wrong answer for Rick buzzed in too prematurely, just like other things. All right, question two. Which player currently has the highest AFL fantasy Craig, average? Andrew Brayshaw. On to Rick. I'll just put out there, there is a point two difference here, and Brayshaw was second, but moving on to Rick. And I'm not giving you time to Google the answer, Rick. Tim English. Back to Craig. Uh, Clayton Oliver? Back to Rick. Rory Laird? Rory Laird. I was surprised when I read this stat. Rory Laird is averaging 116.1 this season. Now, I was surprised. I My first guess was Brayshaw or Oliver, um, but I was surprised when I read that. That's why I thought I put that question in there because I knew none of you would get that the first time. That's uh, good to know, though. I thought Brayshaw had it, but uh, Brayshaw's, Brayshaw's 115.9, so only point two, but still correct answer, Rick, so 1-1. One, one. All right, question three. Which player has recorded the highest AFL fantasy score this year. Craig, Andrew Brayshaw. It fucking yes, better be. It is Andrew Brayshaw. Rick, I will give you a chance, one chance, to equal the score here if you can tell me what the highest score was for his fantasy. 184. Oh, I thought I was going to go with two. Oh, very close, 181. Oh, I thought 184 too. Yeah, all right. Two to, two to Craig, one to Rick. Question four. Which player has recorded the highest amount of disposals Rick. in a single game this year? Sam Walsh. Craig. That is very hard. I'm going to go with Clayton Oliver. Correct. I'm surprised you got that wrong because all he did, all Rick, for you who's listening, all Rick did on the weekend was harp on about Oliver, 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 Oliver. And he gets this question wrong. Oh, that was an in the run sheet. Did we have Oliver... And his uh, disposals in the run sheet tonight? Or are no, we gonna, we Rick, might have time at the end to talk about that. Yeah, well, let's, Rick sent us in the group chat this week that Oliver is leading disposals in the AFL this week, uh, this, this, this season currently, and he gets his question wrong. Yeah, for average. <clears throat> yeah, fair. All right, uh, three to Craig, one to Rick. Question five. According to Sportsbet, who is currently the favourite for Rick, the Brownlow? Clayton Oliver. <laughs> Because we make up the rules as you go, Rick, you get another guess. Lockie Neal. Yes, Rick. Three, two. No, that's the last question's worth three points this week. <laughs> no, it means we have to move on to the decider. No, uh, but on that, Lockie Neal, 350, which was that was last week as well, but Clayton Oliver into 375 now. Uh, my money's in the Andrew Brayshaw camp. He had a good start to the year, but... Um... At the moment, he really needs to knuckle down if he wants to win this thing because Clayton Oliver and Lockie Neal are running away with it. All right, Rick, this is your chance. This question is worth two points for the win. All right. The decider question this week, last week, I think it was last week I did the higher or lower. Yeah, is it higher or lower again? Because I'm ready no, for that. this one is a who am I. <laughs> who am I? Okay. All right. Wow, this is exciting. Yeah. Actually lifting the table a bit here with excitement. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a PG podcast? No. Scrap okay. that. Bit, cut that. All right. It's only a very short who am I. So oh, so you're getting the facts out straight <laughs> yeah, away. All right. I played 43 games for Richmond, then moved to Collingwood, where I won the Coleman medal. Who am I? Craig. Am I Brian Taylor? 
Yes, you are Brian Taylor. <laughs> Collusion. He's a Collingwood supporter. That's fucking amazing. How did I get that? Man, I'm, I'm pretty chuffed with that. Now we know who the real quiz master is, Richard. To be fair, at least you didn't cheat this week. Pete cheated. I, I didn't cheat. You just got the answers oh, wrong. Well, where did you get Roy Laird from? I heard a lot of keyboard clicking over there, and then by your fourth guess, you had enough time ready to go. <laughs> so uh, there we have it. Uh, Craig, three quizzes in a row. Rick tried even cheating this week. Um, still couldn't get a win. So we'll see how many weeks he can keep going without a win. Uh, what did I say last week? Five, five wins in a row, and then there's a punishment. Uh, Rick's turn to uh, lead his segment off. Would you rather? Now, I don't know if there's a theme each week, but um, yeah, I, I don't mind Rick's would you rather. He's got something different this week for us. and is, I think you've got a fair a fair bit of um, content for this this week, so we might have to just quick would you rathers this week, Craig. Well, I don't know. We said we've got a bit of time left. so All right, boys. So I have decided with the would you rather now, so we're going to actually have themes. So this week's theme is you're the head coach of the team of the two players. These two players have had a big blow up. And they're refusing to play together. So you have to trade one of the players away. All right, let's open up. So Connor Rosie and Zach Butters have had a big fight. What one do you get rid of? Um, initially, at round one of the year, I would have said Zach Butters is the one that I'm keeping and Connor Rosie is the one I'm getting rid of. That being said, Connor Rosie has had a really good patch of form now. Um, and Butters is often injured. But I'm still taking Zach Butters. I think he's more heart and soul of this team. And Connor Rosie is just another Chad Wingard. Too much flash, not enough. I don't really know what the next part of that is, but I'll think of something creative. Pete? I was with you until I thought you were going to flip then and say the way you were talking about uh, Butters there. But um, I'm, I was the same. I think Butters had a good... I would, at the start of the year, I would have said Butters. But uh, with Connor Rosie's patch of form at the moment, I'd, uh, I'd keep Rosie. Yeah, Zach Butters is one of my favorite players, but... At this point in time, I'd have to take Connor Rosie over it. He's like showing that he's going to be an absolute stud. All right, here's one for you, Craig. I know who you're going to spit out straight away. So, Bontempelli or Aaron Norton? I'll let Pete answer first, and if I, everyone knows what I'm going to say. Aaron Norton is literally, there's two players in the AFL, not Collingwood, that I love. One is named Sam Walsh. The other one is called Jake Saliga. No, not really, brother. That's not a real person. Um, Aaron Norton is the other player I really love and if I'm having a team I'm having a key forward over a midfielder who plays some good forward yeah that's easy Norton for me how many of those players do you have in your fantasy league Craig uh, none oh, uh, I think I got both missed in there Sam Walsh in the initial draft went about pick 40 no one took him could have taken him regrets um, Norton oh, I mean he doesn't lose sleep over not having Norton in my team he would be nice looking on my team but that's it um, Pete, let's get focused. Uh, I'm just, I'm gonna go Bont, Bont for me. Why? He's just so, con- he's just so consistent. I mean, I've got him in fantasy, and he- he's consistent every week. Have you been drinking? Yep. Yeah, that probably explains that. Aaron Norton, easily. All right, so you've got Stephen May and Christian Petrarca. <sighs> Melbourne have proven that they cannot win without Stephen May. Um, can they win without Petrarca? Probably, yeah, they can. To be honest, if we're winning a premiership tomorrow, Stephen May stays, Petrarca goes. Um, if I'm the coach, that's the decision I'm making. See you later, Petrarca. Yeah, agreed. I keep Stephen May. Um, going on from the game this week, they started Petrarca in the forward line this week, not even in the CBA. So, yeah, Stephen May. Yeah, unanimous. I've gone May. I don't even think Petrarca's their best midfielder. All right. Really? You think James Harms is their best midfielder? No, James Jordan. Get it right. All right, the next one, I reckon I know who Craig's going to say. Sam Walsh, Harry Mackay. Sam Walsh is a unicorn. Um, he stays. Aaron Mackay, I know I said before you keep the key forward over the midfielder, but Sam Walsh is the best player in that team. Um, yeah, full stop. This is definitely going to be a unanimous decision, I feel. Sam Walsh. I've actually gone the opposite. So I've gone Harry Mackay. If I was in charge of Colton right now, you need a key forward who's going to kick your goals. He's going to get you a flag now, whereas Sam Walsh, he's just an accumulating midfielder. Fair enough, he's going to be around a longer haul, but Harry Mackay's won a Coleman medal when Colton sucked. So... Him and, him and Charlie Kernow as a forward duo, that's what you need to win a flag. Like, if you look at the last flag winners, most of them are going to have big key forwards who kick goals together. Like, Richmond did it. Like, they had Tom Lynch and um, Jack Rewalt. So, you need the key forwards to win a flag. Sam Walsh, yeah, he's going to get you heaps of touches and accumulate, but that's not what you need to win a flag, and Colton are in the window right now. Sam Walsh is way more than an accumulator. 
you sit there and watch him run up and back on the field. He is a key defender. He is a key forward. He's an on-baller. He dominates every asset of that field. When Harry McKay slows down because he's tired, Sam Walsh is still going and dragging him over the line. Sam Walsh is way better than clearly Rick and maybe other people give him credit for. I think he's pretty much the best midfielder going around, so I'm keeping him. I'm disagreeing strongly. Yeah, I was really surprised that wasn't unanimous. So now we have Tom Lynch and Dustin Martin. Uh, we're talking right now, aren't we, Rick? Yeah, right now. You you take over the job. Tom Lynch. At Collingwood, there's one player that I really wanted to get, and it was Tom Lynch. I thought he was what we were missing. Um, I thought if we had him, that 2018 grand final looks a lot different. Um, we just lacked that dominant key forward, and I thought him on the open market, we should have thrown everything at him. Um, Tom Lynch for me now, Dustin Martin is really good. He's not really good. He's a fucking he's a legend, but um, Tom Lynch has made Richmond better this year, but for sure. I think for right now, I'm in agreement. Tom Lynch um, is Dustin even going to be there next year? Um, there's t- I don't know if you, I'm talking to media already this week that he may not even may not even be in uh, the AFL next year or Richmond in general. So if we're talking right now, definitely Tom Lynch. Yeah, unanimous. All right, so now we move to St Kilda. Rowan Marshall or Jack Sinclair? Now, I'm one of these people, I don't rate Rowan Marshall that highly. I think for what you get out of him, 15 games a year are really good, but they've shown that Paddy Ryder does what Marshall does, but still better at age 34. So I think, see you later, Marshall. Jack Sinclair, he's an Australian back pocket this year, so I'm keeping him. Yeah, Sinclair. Um, Ryder's still doing it better than... Better than Ron Marshall, and he's the oldest player on the field uh, on the weekend, Paddy Ryder, and he still outdid it. So, Sinclair. Yeah, I've gone Ron Marshall with this one just because what Patrick uh, Paddy Ryder's got what one year left, and then your only other ruckman on your whole list is Jack Hayes, who yeah he looked really good last year, but he's coming back from an ACL next year. Ryder's one bad injury away from retirement, so I I put this one in there just for that reason. Like it's super close. Jack Sinclair is the better player, but. St. Kilda's ruck stocks are that low that they don't really have an option for his um, worth. I hear Sam Hayes could be on the market, so... Uh, I was just about to try. I was just thinking that, that too. <laughs> Kieran Strawn, there's two names there that could come in and do Marshall's job. Yeah. But uh, Paddy Ryder, back for a cameo year, and Sam, Sam Hayes off to St. Kilda. I love it. St. Kilda for the premiership. <laughs> Put that on your hypothetical trade, Channel 7. Fake trade, hashtag 7AFL. All right, so now we move on to Nick Dacos or Jeremy Howe. Nick Dacos, next. I don't even know why this is even in there this week. Nick Dacos surely is unanimous. Did you see the on the weekend the commentators said, I think it was close to half time. he had like 18 disposals at 100% efficiency. I mean, you, what, what more do you want? He actually stuffed up the last kick that he snuck in just before the siren went, so his uh, efficiency sorry, not, went not, down to 99.9. 9. <laughs> yeah. This guy is having the best first year player, first year of any draftee ever. That's not from me. That's from the outside. They reckon he could be all Australian halfback flank right now. Is how good he's playing, getting uncontested pill, as Rick likes to say. But it's what you do with that uncontested pill that counts, and he's dominating. Unanimous. I think if Sam Walsh is a unicorn, he's a double unicorn. I don't know what that is, but it'd be cool, like a double rainbow. All right, Tom. Uh, so you've got Tom Stewart or Jeremy Cameron. Pete, you lead off this one. I mean, on current form, he's leading the Coleman Medal. Jeremy Cameron. I don't think it's that easy. Geelong dominated on the weekend without Tom Stewart. So I mean, against North Melbourne. Yeah, I know, but you can only look at who's on the field. Um, but would they have lost more games this year without Tom Stewart? I think they were pretty good. Uh, oh, I don't even know. They brought Cameron in and didn't win a flag. They brought Stewart in and didn't win a flag. So I don't know. I don't know who I'd take in this one. I'm going to go with Pete's then Cameron just because I, I just don't know genuinely who I would take. Yeah, unanimous. He's won a couple of Coleman medals. So you're not going to get rid of a forward that gives you that performance. All right, so here's one where you're gambling on what are you going to get for the future and what you've already seen. So, Nick Martin or Andy McGrath? Nick Martin appears to be an upgraded version of Andy McGrath, I would say. I had Andy McGrath in my fantasy team, and I was like, yes, get this guy in the midfield. 
and he gets in there, but he's not a penetrating kick. He's a semi-accumulator. He's good in the clearances, but I think Nick Martin brings you so much more, and he's polished. Like, how did this kid get through is my real question. Yeah, great. I think Nick Martin, yeah, definitely Nick Martin. He just, like Craig said, looks more polished, but he, I think he's definitely one that you take the gamble on for potential. Unanimous. Just on this point then, is Nick Martin the greatest rookie selection of all time, considering you'll take him over Essendon's only number one draft pick? Uh, based on that fact, yeah, probably is. Been just a super outlier. So yeah, as a preseason pickup, he's as good as they come. Um, yeah, I'm happy if I'm Essendon mm-hmm. with that. All right, so now we'll go to Toby Green or Stephen Canelio. Toby Green, easy for me. Oh, that's tough for me. He's the heart and soul of that team. Canelio is earning a lot of money with a really hot girlfriend, but he is not the difference for that team winning or losing. Yeah, Toby Green is a match winner and the captain, sole captain of the club next year. So for me, Toby Green easily. Pete, you in agreement? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you jumped Green. on board, Toby Green. All right, so Sydney have a young and up-and-coming list, but... They've got a senior player have a fight with a younger player, Chad Warner or Luke Parker. Get fucked, Chad Warner, and get a haircut too, you prima donna. Um, see you later. Luke Parker, he's the captain of that club. He's still their best player. Luke Parker for me. Luke Parker. I think Chad Warner's I bet you would because he's a fantasy team. Also, you, yes. just have the, you just have this thing for AFL players with shit haircuts. You do. Yeah, get around I don't him. know what it is. You just they're have they're this... unique. Get around him. Support him. Okay. Craig's favourite player is Jack Ginnivan. He's got a tattoo of him on his back. I didn't think we were talking about that until episode that. five. Right, if that idea has just come in, if Rick loses five quizzes in a row, <clears throat> Jack Ginnivan tattoo on his back. Done. It needs to be one centimetre by one centimetre. But yeah, okay, Rick, so you're choosing Chad Warner because why? I just reckon he's the future captain of the club. Like, you listen to all the people, like, professionals talking about him on the weekend. He had 25 touches and three goals. It's his second year in the club. He had more CBAs than any player at Sydney on the weekend. He's going to be an absolute stud. Like, yeah, simple. Yeah, I must admit, I had Chad Warner in my notes somewhere, but I'm not sure what for. But um... keep in mind, Sydney are building for something good. They're not ready to win right now. We're talking about, like, what are you going to do for that club? Yeah, no, I have Chad Warner in my another segment which we're going to come to next week um and then i was going to talk exactly about that so i like him but luke parker right now i'm sorry all right charlie cameron or humor cluggage fuck these are harder than i thought the, these be. are very hard this week you, you've done some good would you rathers um charlie cameron just having to dominate on the weekend yeah That's i know bad timing i'm, I'm going McCluggage. Yeah, I'm taking McCluggage. i agree McCluggage seems to be really pushing through the stratosphere so McCluggage for me once again, I've gone the opposite. I just reckon you don't get small forwards that are your leading goal kicker at a club very often. Like if you talked about having prime Eddie Betts or a wing, like a like a like a above average wingman, who are you going to take? You're going to take Eddie Betts any day of the week. Yeah, you're right. I can't argue with that logic. All right. Once again, here's another one of an old player versus a young player. So you've got John Newcomb or Tom Not Snouted Mitchell. Tom Mitchell, Newcomb's a poser. Um, he gets in there. Gets a few cheap kicks early, then goes missing for the rest of the match. So, Tom Mitchell for me. Tom Mitchell. Yeah, Tom Mitchell. Jason Horn francis or Luke Davies Uniac? Wait, are we just glossing over the fact that he said Tom Mitchell and not Jai Nukem? I know. He's in his fantasy team. His, and it's another one he's got a hard on for. So. He does. That is very surprising. What? Yeah. It just happened there. You've thrown <laughs> me. Um, say those player but, names uh, again. Jason Horn francis Or me. who's the other one? LDU. Jason Horn francis is going yeah. to be so much better player. It's just this going to be a, if this isn't a unanimous, uh, this is, is ridiculous. It's not unanimous because we're talking about right now. Jason Horn francis wants out of the club. Like, why would you trade like Luke Davies Uniac and have the risk of Jason Horn francis walking anyway? Because Luke Davies Uniac's crap. That's why. Because even if you keep Jason Horn francis you still got trade value anyway. Yeah. Well, either way, you're trading one of them. They're not walking. Like, you just have to force a trade for them in this situation. Like I agree, you're going to get you're going to get more for Jason Horn though, JHF. Yeah, but either way, you've got to trade one, so you're looking at trading both. Well, if they have a fight, and currently Jason Horn Francis wants to go home. This is not even a question. Like I picked the whole North Melbourne list over Jason Horn Francis because he's going to leave. But if I'm a coach, I'm keeping Jason Horn Francis every day of the week. All right, I reckon this one's going to be pretty simple. Um, Jordan Dawson or Rory Laird? I just couldn't find a good player to compare to Jordan Dawson from the Crows. Have you heard of Josh Rochelle? Have you heard of the? the highest AFL fantasy averaging player this year, Rory Laird. Well, that's who I compared him to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Take it away. Oh, it is tough, but the influence that Dawson has had this year, 
Oh man, this is this is actually really tough. No, I don't think no. it is for me. Uh, I think Dawson. Dawson for me. He's had he's come in, had an influence. Um, yeah, he Rory Laird's gone in the midfield this this year, but I think yeah, Dawson. Dawson's come in and he's their best player by country mile. George yeah, Dawson. I agree, Dawson. But since you threw it out there, then Craig, Rochelle or Dawson? That is going to be a lot harder because Rochelle's that's the, uh, potential he, is off the charts. Yeah, but um, it also is a gamble. But Jordan Dawson at, at what he's doing now at 25, I'm keeping Jordan Dawson. He's the captain of this club potentially. I'm seeing. I mean, I I, I would throw it out there. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad bad choice at all. So back to my point, there wasn't a good second player to compare to Jordan Dawson. Rochelle was closer, I thought. But yeah, Dawson's the future captain. I hope he does because that would be great. Right, how many more you got for us? It's a lot of it's a lot of would you rather this week? One per team, one per team. You gotta get everyone involved. All right, so now Nat Fife and Caleb Sarong. Sarong. Sarong, but that really pains me because I it love does. Nat Fife. It does. I like Nat Fife too, Ugh. but just just with him coming back, hasn't played a lot this year. Well, he's only played what a couple of games yeah. now this year. He's not um, that old Nat Fife, is he's he? He's not he's not hanging around much longer, is he? He's getting old, so Sarong for me. Wrong for me as well, yeah, but no. he is rough. We're talking about a two-time Brownlow yeah, medalist for some kid who's had like one yeah. good year. It's this a, big a legend of the game, and I absolutely love. But I mean, what you know, Fife was a f- even two, three years younger. It makes a massive difference. Yeah, no disrespect yeah. to Fife. Yeah, but it's the wrong we love now. Fife. Just saying that we all love Fife. Yeah, we're not any no disrespect to the Brownlow medalist. All you Freo fans out there, Jake, <laughs> we love Fife, but it's the wrong. All right, so now Liam Ryan or Willie Rioli. Uh, are we talking you just get this from the two spuds of the week or now we watched remember remember we watched Rioli oh yeah we did Liam Ryan Ryan. Ryan. oh was it yeah it was was, uh, Port versus West Coast Craig and I were watching Liam Ryan and uh, Craig had Rioli in his fantasy team and every single time the other team or West Coast got the ball, he ran away from it into space, away from everybody. And he, he was on like 14 fantasy points the whole game. I think he he's dead to me, really, Rioli. So, yeah, yeah Liam Ryan, yeah, fantasy-wise. From watching that game, yeah. Liam Ryan. Liam Ryan. <laughs> All right, the last one, we have Isaac Rankin and Matt Rao. On current form, Rankin. Rankin's dominating at the moment. Matt Rao is a VFL player, so I'll take the AFL player, Isaac Rankin, every day of the week. I have Isaac um, Rankin as well, but that's because I want Matt Rao to go to a Victorian team where he can actually become a beast. If uh, One week we'll come up with a bet for me, anti-Matt Rao, and you, Matt Rao, and we'll figure it out. Just but- keep in mind that right now, Gold Coast are only averaging seven more fantasy points a week than North Melbourne. It's a system that's not working fantasy-wise. He goes to a system where they actually have better fantasy scores. He's going to be a gun. It's like Richmond. They're just suffering fantasy scores right now. If we're talking fantasy-wise, I will take Matt Rao. I think I can Rankin's too up and down. But if I'm a coach, I'm keeping Rankin. He offers something that Rao doesn't, um, which is flair and match-winning ability, genuine. And the worst haircut. Not disagreeing with that. He's a Henley boy and... Uh... <laughs> I mean... Say no more. Oh, I don't think we need to on this podcast. All right, that's all the would you rather's. All right, now we don't have. Oh no, we're going to do a rebuild segment this week, or we're not going to do a rebuild segment. No, we'll just do uh, yeah. fantasy talk now. We'll yeah. skip the song and we'll skip a few other things for next yeah. week. We got some good content coming ahead. We're going to. We we talked about it in the first episode, uh, rough, uh, very briefly about our own keeper league that um, we are all in. Now we're going to talk about the expansion. Um, and how we did that, we went from eight teams to ten teams this year. We added spoils in this year. We did a buy rounds um, experiment this year. So we're going to just talk about an overview of our keeper league in general um, and how that went. Um, let's start with the expansion this year. Okay. Um, as the league commissioner, I put it to a few people last year that perhaps we needed to expand. I knew Rick was really keen to get in the league. We'd always talk about it at work. Um, and I thought our league, I mean, it had only been two years, but I thought we had eight people, but it just lacked something in it. Like, did we have enough loud voices in our league? Did we have enough people willing to trade in our league? Our league needed something to uh, re-energize it, even though it's only two years. Um, so we came up with the idea for expansion. Um, I talked about it with Jake, the other commissioner, and I talked about it with Pete a little bit. Um, and we tried to figure out the best way to, to do expansion. Um, yeah, Pete. Continue on a bit from that. 
We uh, how did we get to our decision? What did we do? How many players did we give everyone? Oh, so we had eight teams. We brought in two brand new teams. We had um concession picks for them. We had. Eight or ten? No, was it twelve players that we nominated our own team? I think we had twelve. 12. They 12. got. We had twelve players. No, we had twelve players that we could. You're all dead wrong. No, we had eight ten. players eight that players. we. Yeah, so we did eight. Yeah. Okay, so we had eight players that were untouchable. So everyone got to pick eight players that were not up for poaching. After... Yeah, from your from your own team. Yep. Yeah. After that, from your nine to twenty three best player. Um. The other two teams could pick. Well, they took three from each team is what you lost. So from your ninth to 23rd, you lost three players from your team. Um, that gave each team 12 players in total to start with. That's out of everyone's ninth to 23rd best player. Um, I know that's a little confusing for those keeping up. Pretty much what they did was they had a draft. They'd pick Pete's team. Rick would pick first. He'd say Pete's team. Rick got two players from Pete's team. And Riley, our other coach, got one player from Pete's team. Then Riley would be next and he'd say, I nominate Craig's team. He would get two players from Craig's team and Rick would get one from Craig's team. So four teams they got two players from, four teams they got one player from. Um, that gave them 12 to start with. Yeah, then from there we got to access the free agency pool straight away, go on pick for pick um, to get two 32 players. 33 we have to 33 players no you didn't even make it tw- no you made it to 23 that's all you got up to yeah to 23 yeah we got to pick 10 players off the rfa and get to 23 um and then we joined the first round at the end of the draft yeah that's right at our, they, at our start of season draft yeah yeah we did have some opposition to putting him in earlier in the draft mainly because picks had already been swapped um so if you're doing expansion i'd probably say and you want to give him the top picks you would have to do it before the season starts because we'd already started trading picks. Um, so we wanted to give those people that had traded potentially good players away um, their value for money in the first round. So unfortunately, the expansion teams did not get picks till the end of the first round. But um, in our league, we had a mid-season draft and no waiver-wise. So anyone that played AFL football brand new or became good after round 12 last year was available for them to pick up. Yeah, so... Nick Martin did go with the number one mid-season draft pick, so that was a pretty good handy pickup for the other expansion coach. Yeah. So, yeah, on the top of that, we gave them, yeah, the first two picks in the mid-season draft, um, no matter what the latter position was. So that helped them get Nick Martin, and I think Rick traded his away, and then someone picked Blake Akers, uh, and that was a bit of a disaster for them. But um, Rick got someone. Who did you get as part of the Blake Akers trade? The Chad. The Chad. <laughs> of course, Chad Wingard. Um, Warner. Warner, sorry. <laughs> Chad the shit haircut Warner. Uh, yeah. Um, so looking at these teams now in the first year, um, Rick, let's talk about your team. How has your team developed since that draft? Yeah. So just on the whole process, um, one thing that was rough is obviously joining the Keeper League. Not all the teams were evenly balanced. Um, from the actual players I stole, I think I've only actually got three left, and that was from the first player I stole from. I've still got one of them players. Um, the rest, like, I've completely changed my list, essentially. I've only kept Luke Jackson and Dylan Moore. Um, every single other player on my list is actually turned over now, um, and that's probably why I am currently looking at playing finals. And Riley, who has just held on to his team with who he stole, is a bottom feeder at the moment, really. Well, he, um, you're you're eight and five, and he's five and eight. So with wins and, and losses. And admittedly, so. Riley has finally hit some form. He had a lot of injuries early. Um, he's four and two in the last six weeks, so he's really started to hit some form. Um, he also has the second oldest list in our league compared to I have the youngest list in our league that you traded for. Correct. Um, so from my point of view, if you do join the league, I feel like we weren't given enough concession. I only ended up with three players that probably were captain options. So Hugh McCluggage was my number one scorer at the start of the year, whereas from trading, I've brought in Clayton Oliver, Sam Walsh, Bailey Smith. So I've really rejuvenated my list with some good time trades. So, like, for example... Well, if your team was so shit, how did you manage to get Bailey Smith and Sam Walsh and Clayton Oliver in? It sounds like you actually got some pretty good concessions that allowed you to get these players. 
If you had shit concessions, you wouldn't have Sam Walsh, Clayton Oliver, and Bailey Smith. Maybe. Yep. So, for example, um, with some trades in between, but the players that I lost from my starting team to bring in, I traded Jack Billings, Ed Kernow, Jade Gresham, and Braden Pruce, and brought in Daniel Rioli, Joshua Shelley, Sam Walsh, and James Jordan. The other, tr- the next trade was Connor Nash, Jordan Ridley, Lockie Hunter, Isaac Quainor, and a round five pick, and that brought me in Jason Horn francis Oscar McKinnery, Jai Newcomb, Dom Sheed, Luke Jackson, and Toby Green. And then another trade that I did was Dan Houston, Campbell Chesser, and a pick that hasn't been claimed yet, and that got me Bailey Smith and Jack Scrimshaw. So from good trading, my team has now become relevant and a rejuvenated list. Um, like I said, I started with one captain option, and now I've got a few. Can't argue with that. Your trading has been elite. You've... Uh... Picked on all the weak coaches and uh, poached their teams, so you've done very well in that regard. I don't think that they were unfair concessions for a, an expansion team. It's hard because you're bringing new people into the league, so you've already established your team, and it's hard to give up. Yeah, I mean, and it was you know even even picking eight players from your twenty, well, essentially your twenty three keepers was wasn't wasn't easy, and there were definitely some players that I wanted to keep. Out of yeah, oh, well, I know Jake. <clears throat> probably regrets well one team in particular lost luke jackson and Hugh McCluggage, um both to rick and matt rao i have matt rao now too so pretty much that team really thought he uh, had a good young list and he lost a bit of the heart and soul of that so it was harder for some than others i the pro- the problem is like i i don't like I can't tell you the answer on what would have been a better solution. Like if they kept six players, our teams would have won the league because keeping the eight players was um, essential for some clubs. Like some of the bottom clubs, like I ended up having to take like some absolute spuds with these picks. Whereas like, for example, like Craig already said, Jake's team, he had like a list of young studs and he couldn't keep people like Luke Jackson, Matt Round, Hugh McCluggage. So that's where we did benefit. Whereas from some of the clubs, we really struggled. Um, The biggest thing was, as Hugh McCluggage was my highest scorer, like he's not, like until recently, his form hasn't been that of a captain. But it's just hard to know what would have worked. Um, the thing is, my list is in a point now where I don't need any more concessions. So it is what it is. But yeah, it's just a hard balancing act because there's no right or wrong answer. Um, without some of my crafty trades, though, like my team would probably still be irrelevant. I agree. And. To Rick's point, some teams still were fine, but we unfortunately have a team right down the bottom who probably couldn't have afforded to lose three players um, in the draft, whether that's how he's built his list or coaching or trading or whatever it may be. Some teams probably couldn't afford to lose three, others could. So it was a very hard balance to appease everyone in the league. And appease the new teams coming in so um that's what we did um it's, so, yeah it's worked for us um the league's competitive everyone's competitive the new teams haven't come in and not won a game so um it's competitive um but yeah we'll just see how it is going forward i guess it's all pretty even now yeah just one more point so riley who's done very minimal trades he doesn't have one player that's averaging over 100 at the moment so he has really suffered from he doesn't have a standout caption on captain option like i brought in clayton oliver bailey smith and sam walsh and they're my only three players that are averaging over 100 this year he still managed to get five wins though which is more than craig at the moment and and another player in our league i mean we've got one like we said the other way we've got one team on the bottom zero and 13 now still very unlucky to get a not get a win on the weekend but oh um, this team that doesn't have 100 players they have a few around the mark it's not far off. 99.4, George Hewitt. 99.5, Travis Boak. 98.3, Stephen Cornelio. This team is not suffering. They have a good 70s to 90 team, not a 100s and 80s team. So it's a bit of a different profile than Rick's team. I think all in all, though, with the expansion, it went I mean, it went as good as it could go on for the first time we've ever done anything like that. I think it went all right. I th- well, do you think it's made our league better or worse? It definitely, I think it's made our league better with ten teams. There's more banter, more more going on, more. Tra- I would definitely it picked up the trade cycle. Um, yeah, you're welcome for my probably twenty trades. Yeah, I mean you're you're probably you're probably leading the leading the trades this year, but it's definitely picked up uh, the banter, the trade cycle. 
even the the makes it more interesting with uh the mid-season draft the the all the drafts because you got less players in the pool more to think about a lot more to gamble on with with young players yeah yeah well our league's pretty even like there's four or five teams at the top that could win it and four or five down the bottom that are rebuilding and sort of reshaping their list so i mean we dropped 10 at the end of the year so that resets the list all over again and if you trade well and draft well you can uh, move up pretty quickly Rickery Chow. Rickery Chow. That's right. He is right. ready to go. So everyone looks forward to this Rick's Reach Out. What have we got this week? Rick's Reach Out. Rick's Reach Out. <laughs> All right, boys. I've gone with three Reach Outs this week in theme with what we're doing now. So if I'm at a Crows game, it's going to be someone from the opposition. If I'm at a Port game, it's going to be someone from the opposition. So I did target three players I had in my fantasy team. Surprise, surprise. So number one, I messaged James Jordan and I said, if Ed Langdon can stay on the field for 100%, I think you can too. Stay thirsty, brother, and never stop lurking around by yourself. (laughs) He was by himself all game, boys. He literally had zero defensive accountability and I loved it. Uh, Have we heard back from James Jordan yet? No. Okay. And we haven't heard back from... Uh, Matt Rao, we didn't hear back from. Or Bailey Smith. Bailey Smith. I mean, Bailey Smith's got time on his hands now. There's no excuse for him not getting back to us. That's true. Rick's each out. We'll reach someone soon. You hang in there. All right, Rick, who's next? All right. So, I have messaged Bailey Smith again, boys. I might have screwed <laughs> that. <laughs> this, this isn't even part of the three, this is borderline it? harassment. But I literally on. said... Since you've got a few weeks off, I know you're going to be hungry for more footy, so make sure you tune into the Footy Feast podcast. <laughs> I mean, that's not bad. He should be listening, and Bailey Smith, reach out to Rick. He's I'm pretty desperate. much the president of your fan club, Bailey Smith. Get back to me. That is true. All right, who's our second Melbourne player who you've reached out to? All right, this one here truly broke my heart, boys. I was hoping to go there and watch Luke Jackson in action. I even come up with what I was going to yell at when he come near me. So I messaged him saying, I'm truly devastated that you didn't play in Adelaide. I already knew what I was going to say. And I was going to yell out, Rick goes wacko for Jacko. And have we got a response? No. Fuck you, Luke Jackson. <laughs> Luke Jackson. Uh, reach out to Rick. Come on. And all right. No no Rick's reach out at the moment. Who we got for the third one? All right. This one here is my personal favorite. I'm very I excited. You, I think you two boys are going to like it. So it was Clayton Oliver who Craig... And Pete talked shit about all game. We they did. said he was throwing the ball. He they did. put multis on him to go under. He In did. fairness, he did throw the ball a lot on uh, on the weekend. We're talking about that next whoa, week. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Wait for this, boys. Thanks, you majestic beats, for fucking up my friend's multis as they went under on you for disposals. Boom, mic drop. Oh, that is fair. I mean, that is is fair and true. Um, but did we get did we get a response from Clayton Oliver? No. Surely Clayton Oliver would respond to that. It's getting grim. It's getting real grim. Surely, surely we can get a reach out at some point for Rick. Yeah, I reckon eventually we'll get one. Like, as long as I stay nice, no more uh, mean messages to AFL players anymore. As uh, the podcast grows and every AFL footballer wants to be a part of it, Rick's reach out. It will happen. We'll get someone by the end. Hopefully Bailey Smith. That would make Rick's (laughs) reach out a successful segment. All right, wraps up this week's episode. Make sure you give us a like on Facebook, rate us on Spotify. Uh, we'll ha- try to have the Tasmanian jerseys up on Facebook shortly. Um, and what was the other thing you wanted to put on there, Rick? You said the jersey, the three jerseys. Oh yeah, we're gonna yeah, we'll have the Tasmanian jersey up there on the Facebook page and the jerseys that Rick mentioned during the podcast, so that um, you can see them and see what you think about them as well, and give us some feedback. And this is a new part at the end. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if your name is Bailey Smith, Matt Rao, James Jordan, Luke Jackson, or Clayton Oliver, you owe me a message on Instagram.